0: welcome 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 it's time for another episode i got lex here with me lex say hello to the people
1: what is good ladies and gentlemen
0: big 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 uh big reach for you to say that there are any ladies listening but i'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt here anyway we had a big fight yesterday um let me just get a vibe check did yesterday have the big fight feel
1: mm, i'll be honest for me this one was like some was missing a little bit on this one
0: i mean i know what it was for you and it's personal with you so you ain't
1: uh no nah, you're not nah, impartial nah. here come on i'm not sure what you talking about what you what you talk what you what do you believe you're one of
0: those tank shouldn't have laughed Mayweather promotions guys.
1: I am. But the reality is if if they got the job done, I would have just said they got it done. And I, I would have liked to see a tad more like, like white glove treatment for this. Fight. I think every tank fight should get white glove treatment. Just like I think every Canelo fight should get white glove treatment. When you're talking about Canelo, Wilder Errol. It should be like that,
0: and now you know it's, it's tanks first, huh? I said I'm gonna disagree.
1: All right, well, it's it's tanks first go around, and he's only gonna get better from here, and so it's all good. But it, you know it was cool. It, it had the big audience feel, crowd feel. Um, the undercard was had the right names, and so it was it was you know, but I would say wasn't exactly big big fight feel, but it was definitely dope.
0: I do think it had the big fight feel. And especially when you consider that Hector Garcia wasn't like, you know, as a B-side, he didn't really bring anything to the table other than possibly people mistaking him for Ryan Garcia because of the same last name. I don't think it... um, I think it definitely did have that big fight feel. And maybe it was because a combination of like, look, Tank is a huge star. There's no doubt about that. But also, we have not gotten a big fight in quite some time here in the U S we have been so thirsty to get a night like yesterday Um, just from traffic wise on um, like Reddit and then our discord. I do think that this was um, pretty hectic consistent with bigger fights, um, which is good. Now let's um, talk about the main event. Javante Davis returns. Stop. Well, Um, forces the corner stoppage from Hector Garcia in the eighth round. Um, Tank started to turn it on, found the left hand, hit him with the shot that really just kind of buckled him in his his tracks and uh, didn't finish him in the ring, but Hector could not see, came back to the corner, asked if he had been knocked out, said he couldn't see, and they stopped the fight in the corner. So let me ask you this, you know, just from a basic assessment, um,
1: what did you see out of Tank in this fight? Tank did what he needed to do. I, I, um, you know, it's weird. Like big fights, everybody wants to like be hyper critical and like overanalyze everything. And I just think this is one of the fights where it's just like, yo, did Tank do what he needed to? Yes, he got a cool stoppage. Was it as like fun as the Roby stoppage? or the Barrios stoppage probably not but he, he did what he needed to do um to me hector garcia fought in like i'm gonna say a negative way not as negative as karen whatever who fought boots but like he really thought he was going to come in as the b-side and like steal rounds by trying to like fight like like <laughs> i'm gonna just keep you at the end of my punches and not take any chances and it's like you're not you're not gonna get that benefit. You're have never been on pay-per-view, you're random. And it you know, I wish you would have took more chances, I guess. I but think, yeah, Tank got the stoppage. He did what he needed to do. That's it.
0: I think one of the the themes of this episode, and really something that we should all be aware of, and I think I might have mentioned it on our last Patreon episode, or at least an element of this, which is the everyone's got to have the the instant reaction and but it's really the overreaction at all times whether it be oh my god this movie was amazing it's one of the best movies i've ever seen and it's like okay or you know the the opposite of this is the worst restaurant that i've ever been to um again maybe give it some time for to put some perspective into what you're saying and i think we fall victim to that a lot in boxing and I saw, you know, there, we'll get to the boots fight later, but some of the takes I've seen coming out of the boots fight are just amazingly bad. And I think same thing, well, not as bad with, with the with the Tank fight, but I do, I do think that um, Tank's got such a spotlight on him that the microscope, or, or you know, when people have got the microscope on you, they see a lot of things that, I don't know, to me, I just don't see. I think Tank looked great yesterday i think you look back at those replays that we saw and it's actually amazing how tank plays the like the game of inches almost better than anybody in the sport like he looks like he's in competitive exchanges until you slow it down and realize those punches are either not landing or they're not landing in the scoring area uh unfortunately for tank His face marks up so easy that he looks like he's always getting tagged all over and over again. And you saw him in, you know, I think in two press conferences. No, I think the media workout and in a press conference, that dude showed up with a black eye. Um, Tank's face is very sensitive. But, like, overall, I thought Tank turned in a really good performance. He turned it on when he needed to as well. And I think that is something that, like... That should not be overlooked because we saw Boots not able to turn it on. We saw Demetrius Andre not able to turn it on. Rashidi Ellis fell apart. But there's a switch that great fighters have where they can get to that next level. And when Tank decided that it was time to turn it on against Hector Garcia, I mean, we all knew that the stoppage was coming. Once Tank started to let his hands go, and like I think it might have been like the 6th or 7th round it became clear that he was going to get to him. It was only a matter of time. But I thought Tank turned in a very good performance, consistent with what we've seen from him in the past. And um, I'm still waiting to see if Tank's going to start getting the respect he deserves for his defense, because his defense is really good. And I guess I'll finish up by saying this. So many fighters name Tank as one of their favorites whether it be Canelo um, and I, and I feel like it's one of those things where these guys know what they're looking for when they're looking at a fighter in a way that maybe fans and, and, and the like don't. And I feel like what tank is good at takes being in the ring to appreciate Uh, because I mean, for, for me, you know, I'm not saying that I got Canelo's eye here, but i just feel like i watch tank and i'm like there there's clearly something special about this guy i don't know I, it's it's hard cuz i feel like a lot of tank from like his stardom and how quickly it blossomed and how it continues to grow and even his skill in the ring there's just some quality there that i'm not sure if i can put my other than his power of course but there's something there that i'm not quite sure i can
1: verbalize because i don't know what
0: it is but it just it keeps getting better
1: i mean are you talking about his? are you talking about tank like the total pack like marketing yeah. and fighting
0: yeah like he's definitely got a quality to him that's like he is an elite fighter and i can't tell you why and i don't think it's his power although obviously his power plays a huge role um it might be his adjustment, his versatility. There's just something about tank that puts him in a category, because normally, like a power puncher, you can see a clear limit to them. With tank, that's just not the case.
1: I mean, if I had to interpret your comments and put my own spin on it, it would be the fact that tank is like one of the only guys out here that's fighting with, like, yo, he's fighting like with 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 true pro style like you have some dudes like even hector garcia like he wasn't taking any chances he wasn't really trying to punish tank he was trying to like win a decision and not that he's even has the skill set to be a big punisher but it's like like roley was taking chances against tank he tried to like really put it together um i just tank want to say there
0: i don't like the Roly comparison and the reason why is cuz roly's style does is not like th- no one deserves to have their style compared with roly okay um roly was in there like doing a video game uh attempt at beating tank like that was not <laughs> that did not resemble like anyone else in the top 40 in the lightweight division yeah, roly's in his own say category that, but
1: a lot of people had roly like winning the fight at the stoppage i'm not saying like i did but there are people who did Yeah, well, those Um, people don't know what they're watching. (laughs) The point is, tank and stay in the pocket, be defensively responsible, throw vicious, like, knockout punches, and it looks like it's not, like, wild. And that's hard to do on the professional, at the professional top level. It's not easy to do.
0: You know, it might be, like, we're going to look back in five years, and realize that this was and just call this the tank style. It might be um, because he seems to do a lot of things his own way. You even watch him in the corner; he's doing stuff like the way he approaches fights, the way he actually behaves during the fights is like something we've never seen before. And like commentary is not comfortable with tank. If you notice, like they start to freak out and turn on him at like really quickly in the fight and start to. Talk about his focus and all this stuff. And it's like, for me watching, I just was like, I know he's not doing what like Errol Spence would do in this moment, but he's consistently done this over the course of his career and consistently been able to deliver. I think it's time we just realized Tank's like, you know, he's his own breed. Similar to like when Canelo was coming up, I couldn't stand the criticisms of Canelo because they all it all felt like people wanted him to be another version of Oscar or um Chavez or or Marquez or something and it it just didn't look to me like he was going to be anything like those guys he he would be his own guy and it turns out that he really has developed Canelo has developed into his own his own person and he's developed um a style that's all of his own and i think that's probably what we have with
1: tank i mean i i agree <laughs> but it's 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 what i find interesting right is like so we come off the floyd mayweather era and like the 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 opportunity for like the next guy to emerge is like it's open like there's going to be chances for whoever if you if you win some fights market yourself well whatever whatever and it's just like wild how we went from like the biggest cash dude being a big like flickster and now it seems like the big cash guys are all like punishers <clears throat> uh
0: yeah i wonder i wonder if social media so much of like m- our media consumption is through social media and what's most effective on social media is short clips i wonder if it Now, the only way you're really going to be able to pop is if you're able to have the highlight reel for social media, which means that, you know, you can be, you can turn in a masterclass over 12 rounds, but if you don't got a knockdown or you don't got like, I mean, literal looks like time has slowed down around you, reflexes, if you don't got those, if you don't got something in that realm, then you're just going to be a guy who boxing fans appreciate but can't pop outside of that. And Tank has got that. Um, he, he's gone outside of that. I guess the one guy who doesn't have it and is a star is Errol Spence.
1: Yeah. Um, I think at the end of the day, as long as you're a like marketable persona, you have a chance to, to be up there.
0: I just want to say that like you brought up Floyd. I think one of the big talking points of like 2015 when Floyd retired after Berto was like, who was next and it looked like it was Keith Thurman. Everyone knew that Errol was in the the wings, but who knew that he would become the star that he's become. But it's interesting that like the biggest guy since then, I, I feel like, you know, Wilder had a little run. Errols had a run, and he, you know, he has a run. he's on his run. But like, I, I feel like no one saw that it was actually Tank who was the next guy.
1: I I I'll, I'll pat myself on the back a little bit. I was I saw Tank coming. The question really though is like, like how early are we talking about? Because I remember having debates with you and Tom, and I was telling y'all that Tank versus uh, Tevin Farmer's bitch ass would would pop a nice little number. And you were like, no way, it, could, it shouldn't be on paper. But I'm like, you're wild. Like that'll sell in the streets. But I was at Tank versus Pedraza, and I got to, I got to see firsthand, like what Tank, like the electricity that he brings, how much people love that dude, and um, and it's just continued to grow. I mean, like everywhere he he, he anywhere he goes, you could basically punch in 1800 tickets sold. Thousand. it's a guarantee at this mean point thousand thousand i'm sorry yeah yeah
0: i mean they had the washington post there covering it the new york times covered it uh it's pretty crazy especially when you think about like the dude's got a cases over his head and you, <laughs> you also the had these like major outlets covering him that I, I feel like if he like any other guy who had cases over his head feel like those outlets wouldn't be covering it like he had the governor and the mayor at the fight like tweeting about it and stuff like that that it it, it just seems like you can't really explain what it is about tank but you just know that this this train is going in a, in a certain direction
1: now it's not just them though it's like job rant was tweeting about the fight uh jalen ramsey was tweeting about the fight
0: well, I Dabo to Sweeney that, or whatever
1: my man's name was tweeting about it, Everybody talked. Like, Tank, this is like, I have a couple of takes for tonight's podcast. One of them is, although Ryan gets all the credit for being, like, king of social media, that is not true. Tank is the real king of, of social media. And the reason I say that is, like, Ryan is on social media doing, like, the speed bag challenge they he's with an agency it's basically paid advertising tank goes viral natu- like without any type of like it's not a setup like this shit just happens like he's lit everybody goes to his fight every fight there's some kind of like weird viral thing that happens um he yo this dude runs the blog sites like ever he fights z media out uh all the little everybody everybody is talking about the tank fight. you have to so i i don't know man like his star power is like it's getting pretty uh it, it's it's rising it's still on the rise if he gets the if they get the ryan fight done that happens and he wins you're, you're looking at a guy who's probably doing like i don't know five hundred thousand per pay-per-view no matter who he fights
0: I think we start to make Floyd comparisons in that, um, if that happens. Before we get on to anything else, though, I, I do want to talk about Hector Garcia. I don't agree with your take about Hector Garcia. I think that dude did show up to win. And I think actually... No, I
1: didn't, no, no, wait, wait, wait. <clears throat> I didn't say he didn't show up to win. He showed up to win. All I'm saying is he. I've seen him fight more aggressively and take more chances and be more physical. And I think he understood the stakes against Tink and was like, you know what? To minimize danger, I'm going to be a little bit more cautious and win in a more, you know, safer way. Does that make for entertainment? Maybe not. But did it give him a better chance of, like, winning the fight without getting swept? Yeah.
0: So I'll push back on that because they said it at the start of the fight. Hector told them, yeah, I can't be... I can't just come in with the same game plan. I got to change it up a bit because Tank is a a, a a strong puncher. Hector wasn't trying to, you know, get get smoked in two.
1: Be fair to him. I he was he was looking good in there. He's winning some rounds.
0: I mean, he would have looked stupid if he would have came in and just started guns <laughs> blazing in the first round and gotten caught. I think Hector fought a pretty smart fight. I think what I saw from Hector is that, like, look, Tank's got. Crazy power for the division. If Tank was going to walk him down at any point, he was going to get stopped, unfortunately, for for him. But what I did see from him is, and, and it's like, you know, similar to what you saw from Isaac Cruz. is like, this dude belongs on this level. Hector's not a bad fighter. And I would not be shocked if he goes back down to 130, assuming that he's, you know, got all his marbles still from the fight. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he was able to unify titles. I wouldn't be shocked if he was able to beat uh, the winner of Ray Vargas and Oshaki Foster. I, I don't see... I-, I don't think he's going to have... No, no, no. How else should I phrase this? I would not be shocked if he beat Leo Santa Cruz, which I think is probably
1: going to be his next fight. He's a also smart fighter. That, like, is, that, is that like, like a rumor, or is that just like random Twitter like, matchmaking? Um... It's
0: like T T Lee reading. Leo, okay, was supposed to fight one tw- at one twenty six against Lee Wood. <laughs> they ordered the fight like four times, and like both fighters like continuously rejected it, and um, they ke- they kept ordering it. And I think we're on the verge of Lee Wood, alas, gonna have a fight announced, and he'll probably fight Mauricio Lara. And for Leo, I think. 126. If he's not the champion there, there's no point of, of fighting there. So I think he'll go to 130 because that's where the bigger fights are going to be for him. And what's bigger than having Leo come back and fight Hector Garcia, who is coming off of a fight of the year campaign in 2022 and then 2023? Did decent enough against Tank and ultimately really didn't suffer that badly in the fight. I mean, like, yeah, he, he, did not know that he had not been knocked out which is probably um a little scary but he wasn't asleep on the ground like leo that that and it's a good main event i think that's a, that's a good fight gives leo a chance to recapture a title hector's a champion at 130 so he can go back down and defend um makes sense to
1: me i mean that'd be ambitious for leo but i would you know i would be mad at it that'd be a very entertaining fight
0: um. So yeah. So I, I I thought Hector performed well. Um. I, it just there's levels to this, and I think that Tank showed that there are levels to this. Uh, and he's like a step above a guy who's just a world champion. Um. All right. So let's talk about the Ryan fight. Now, I will say that after watching this fight, I real I I can see Tanks. I I think I can predict how Tank is gonna fight against Ryan. Should the fight get made and, um, why I think tank is going to win. Um, it won't be the funnest fight in the world, but I think. Should those dudes fight tanks just going to move and Ryan is going to look similar to the way boots looked in the Karen fight, which is without being able to plant your feet, it's kind of hard to get those punches off. And when they do, they just don't have the same sting on them. And eventually Ryan will make a mistake. And it will not be good for him.
1: But this sounds about all right. What
0: I think is more important is the language Tank used about talking about the Ryan fight. Ryan just has to sign his end of the deal. Is essentially what he said. But immediately after the fight, um Oscar De La Hoya comes out, says April seventeenth, I think, which is a Monday. Um uh, but let's just let's uh well, also in that video that Oscar posted, it's very clear that he got surgery to make his abs look like a six pack, which is pretty funny. Um, but the 17th is a Monday, so I'm guessing he meant the 15th. But, um, there's a couple of issues here. And because a lot of people are related to Golden Boy and zone tweeted about this, it leads me to believe that we are about to have, um, some Spence Crawford situation go down with this fight the reason why I say this is because we know that Errol Spence is going to fight in April so you're not going to do two pay-per-views in, in one month probably not um, and it makes more sense for tank and Ryan to fight in May Canelo is most likely not going to fight in the US in May I could be wrong but I wouldn't be shocked if he fought John Ryder in the UK or he fights Bivil rematch in the Middle East. So why wouldn't this fight take place in May? It makes all the sense in the world, except if you're on Brian's side, why would you start making it very clear that you have a date in mind when you've never signed a contract? I think we're about to see some games being played about potentially moving the date And they may say, we can't wait one more month. And all of a sudden, it all falls apart.
1: That is my fear of how this is going to play out. Huh?
0: That's my fear of how this is going to play out.
1: I mean, I think it's very possible. I don't trust Golden Boy, and I don't trust the Zone. I think it would be very stupid of them to play that game. Because, you know, like, in my opinion, now is a really good time to make this fight. Like, boxing needs a super fight. Um, I think this fight easily does a million pay-per-view buys. And, um, I think Ryan can afford to lose the fight and not like lose much steam. And if he wins, the zone has like the star that they've been waiting for. Well, cause like, I don't think like Canelo, like uh, he didn't give them the boost they needed. And maybe Ryan can't give them the boost they need, but at least like, you know, they'll have another star.
0: Well, if I'm golden boy, I say I don't really care that much about the zone here because they've only given like I I think that they've given them a really cheap deal. You know, we saw golden boy didn't do a lot of cards last year. It looks like they're not really rolling in the cash when it comes to um, being able to shell out for opponents. And so, you know, I'm I'm more looking at how do we make more money here? And you're absolutely right. But I actually think win or lose, Ryan becomes a, a much bigger star. He becomes far more viable as a pay-per-view attraction. Win or lose. Because when you got a guy like Tank, you, you always need a B-side who's going to be able to benefit off of the people who don't like Tank. Say, like Manny and Floyd worked perfectly together because of, you know people who liked Floyd didn't like Manny, and people who didn't like Manny... Uh, or like Manny didn't like Floyd. It just it works well when you when you can play like um you know that A versus B uh fight out I guess. And so for Golden Boy, it's like it makes it's a no brainer to make this fight because you're going to get a pay per view star either way. You you either gonna hit the lottery or you're just gonna have a pretty steady attraction. I don't think that there's any way that Ryan doesn't benefit from fighting tank win or lose <clears throat> um but i do think that like i don't know maybe they want to draw it out for some reason maybe this is some way of owning ryan or, or pvc or something i don't know but for the, the good thing though is that ryan totally wants to fight he believes he can win and he's the one pushing for this on his side and everyone over there apart from ryan is dragging their feet on making this happen Obviously, Ryan is not a lawyer. He's not a manager, so he can't really work through the details because if it was up to him, he'd just sign a fucking contract and let them sue him at some point to, to prevent, either prevent him or, or punish him for going off and doing the fight. And, and so that's the, what we have to rely on here in terms of like, you know, is there any saving grace? Well, Ryan wants to fight and it's up to Golden Boy to either make him happy and do what they need to do to make the fight um, go through or they can piss Ryan off and see him in court. Because ultimately, I think if the fight doesn't happen in May, then Golden Boy will be taken to court by Ryan, I think is what's probably going to happen.
1: Hmm. That'd be funny.
0: Which would not be good for Golden Boy to lose You know, their two biggest stars that they've had in the last five years in Canelo and and Ryan at this point, both walking due to legal issues.
1: Yeah, it'd be a terrible look. Yeah, I mean, I'm I mean really to be honest, like it might, it might spell the end of a golden boy, low key. But, mm. I mean, like, how do you pivot? You lose the fucking Ryan. Like, what do they have left? Like,
0: Virgil, Virgil's a decent oh, seller, but like the question. Actually, I'll counter you with this. I don't think it would, because boxing companies are like notoriously difficult to put down. Don King's still out here doing shows. He's doing a show this month. <laughs> Unless you're affiliated with Daniel Kinnahan. R.I.P. MTK. R.I.P. Not yet, but soon. <laughs> Watch that space. Um, but yeah. I, I, I definitely think Ryan is gonna push for the fight and I'm optimistic that it'll happen, but I just the way they came out last night with the messaging about the date. Just gave me like Crawford has agreed to all terms of the fight vibes, where that was just setting the table and setting up somebody to blame for when everything turns out it's not what it was originally. Um, so what do you think it's gonna do for pay per view buys? Um, uh, Tank versus uh, Hector because that crowd 19,000 deep was uh pretty pretty damn good for a market in dc that does not get a lot of pro fights
1: it'll do like three and change i think um i noticed a little bit more bonus for this tank fight in terms of just like commercial interest i guess like a lot of my people are hitting me up like Yo, you gonna order this fight i'm gonna order it or order it and these are people who don't really watch too much boxing so i, mean, I don't think it'll be high but it'll be higher than like whatever tanks usual is like i assume he usually does like two two something and so maybe you just do the three something
0: yeah i think so too i think we're likely gonna see tank do the best pay-per-view number he's done to date um which which means that we're gonna be pushing over three i think that's gonna be fairly safe here it just felt very different like it feels like um i don't know maybe this is just me but like for the first after floyd retired even like um you know and especially canelo moving to the D- zone helps us out <clears throat> but it feels like the first year of of pay-per-view it felt really weird to get pay-per-views you know pbc and, and and even top rank um they put on these pay-per-views and it's like these guys have never fought on pay-per-view before and like it just doesn't feel like a floyd fight Where it's like, yeah, this is like what we do. Floyd fights his pay-per-view. You got Errol Spence and and like people are ordering. It's not like these are, these pay-per-views are completely bombing. Um, People are ordering them, but it didn't feel like it it felt like more circumstantial that it was pay-per-view versus that this is a pay-per-view attraction. And I feel like the tide is starting to turn. And, like, Tank is starting to feel like, no, this is just a pay-per-view guy. It's starting to have that Floyd and even the Canelo HBO day vibe of, like, you just get that, like, you don't, like, it's like, there's no expectation that this shouldn't be on pay-per-view. It's like, that's just what it is with a guy like Tank now. And so I do think that his numbers are going to continue to go up, which, and it's pretty remarkable that this is happening, because, like, if you really think about it, Tank's basically gotten to this point by having b-sides who really can't really bring nothing to the table roly is the only one that brought something i guess leo santa cruz brought something too you know leo a, was a long time name but let's take leo out um roly could talk but no one had ever really heard of roly before all these guys are essentially unknown at the time that they're getting the tank fight and the pay-per-views are still doing very well so I mean, it just speaks to what a, a star Tank is. Um, you want to talk about the undercard?
1: Boy. I feel like there's a lot to talk about from the undercard.
0: Honestly, like, obviously Tank is Tank, and he's a big, you know, draw on everything. But there's a lot more to say about the undercard than there is the main event.
1: I think I agree. Real all, quick, do you think... Re- 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 can I get one more question? Yeah. If someone says, Hector... Garcia quit you say
0: don't ever talk to me again (laughs) do your homework he 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 did first of all he did quit but for you to bring that up as a talking point lets me know that you don't really understand what was going on the dude didn't know if he had gotten knocked out now people may not know this because like the Spanish translator didn't translate it he asked did i get knocked out then he said i can't see and if you look at how that round finished that looked pretty consistent with he can't see
1: if he had gone out there he yeah, for was anyone going- who didn't get a chance to see it the referee had to help him to his corner and not cuz he was like on shaky legs but he just walked the wrong way
0: yeah he he he, he was he didn't know where he was walking but hector didn't quit in, in like the, you know, he doesn't want to fight anymore. Like he's a coward way. Like is how most people are saying it. it is ain't a question of Hector's heart. This is the decision that if he didn't make someone else should have made for him, this dude can't see not good. And especially against a guy like tank, like tank wasn't about to go in there and jab for the next six rounds. He was going to put a hurting on him. This was the, you know, this is the right thing to do. And I think, in many ways, like this is where the UFC kind of has it right where guys tap out, but they tap out when they realize there's like, they're trapped here. There's there, this is not getting better. Um, sometimes you got to let a dude, um, you got to stop a guy before he derails his entire career. And I think we talked about this on the last Patreon podcast about the timing of, of a boxing career and how timing is everything and how one loss at the wrong time, literally can you know rob you of millions of dollars rob you of your future uh we want these guys to succeed long term you know and so i don't know if you think that he's like a the coward type of quitter that's crazy to me
1: i agree with you i don't think you quite think i think it's it's corner made a good decision if he stepped out for the ninth he would have been uh he would have got world star basically (laughs) (laughs)
0: no 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 but his corner did want to send him out like Bob Santos he very smartly leaned in outside of uh the 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 microphone because he was probably telling him like hey man you sure you don't want to go out there like are you sure you can't see like come on man I need you to get out there you can win this fight and Hector was probably like where are you where are you (laughs) uh so yeah let's talk about the undercard first of all let me just say this Do you think Showtime thought that the undercar was going to take them, like, four fucking hours?
1: Uh, like, no, but... That was long. It was definitely long. It prolonged the night a little bit. But at least, like, the fights weren't terrible. The boots was, was like, a little, like, probably disappointed in many. But the other Mm. two were, were pretty solid
0: um all right so let's talk about boots uh so if you are again overreaction caught up in the moment and i've seen a lot of takes boots is exposed all this stuff
1: what do you say to that i mean like how can you be exposed and you win like like damn near every round like it's silly um the karen dude fought hyper negatively like he did you talked about i was saying hector wasn't taking chances Karen was taking no chances and like, sure, he got some shots in on boots, but like, I don't think he had a good knockout ratio. So, like, what was he really going to do? I mean, I I don't know. It kind of just looked like he was in there trying to survive at certain points. So, did Bo- boots look stellar? No, but like, it's not like he had a guy who was giving him any opportunities. So, again, another another case that you just do what you got to do. Yeah. Win and then look, look good uh, next time
0: if Boots did not, like, if Boots had Shakur's power, what do you think the take would be? Because I feel like oftentimes, especially when you're talking about overreaction, you had to look at what people expected because that will usually inform what they're upset about. You know, usually when you get upset is because you expected something and that didn't happen. And so people out here must have been expecting something. But let's just... if. If Boots wasn't a big puncher, how do you think people would have felt about the performance?
1: I mean, he'd fight a a whole different style if he wasn't a big puncher. I mean, this dude was throwing, like, right hooks that literally left him doing a 360 because he was whiffing so hard, or left hooks, or whatever. I mean, if he he wasn't a puncher, like, I'll bet you this. If he wasn't a puncher, Karen would have stepped to him more. (laughs) And so we probably would have got more action.
0: I was told by Boxer at Gray before this that the fight was gonna go over and that Karen can move and he's was confident that he would take boots deep uh and be able to shit house, which is basically what he did. Um and like one of the things that I've observed that's almost always true, is that it is really hard to knock out a guy who doesn't want to be knocked out. Guys who show up to just not get knocked out, it's almost impossible to get those guys out of there. Usually, you just got to take a decision win. Um, Paul Butler and Inouye, that was a, a really good example recently of a guy who, in a way, is a dude who, if you step to him in the first round, he's got enough power to put you out. And Butler was like, yeah, but I just won't let you. And he literally didn't let him in a way is a pound for pound guy. This is not a a 23 year old prospect like Boots. That's a, a fully cooked product there. And it took him, what, 11 rounds to get to Paul Butler. Like dudes who come to, to just survive, uh, it, it's hard to put those guys out. And, and that's literally Karen's entire style is like, you're not going to get to me. And so <laughs> I saw one take that was really funny which was like, does Karen have the best movement and defense in the welterweight division? And I was like, uh, I mean, sure. But what good is that if you lose every round of a fight? Like, okay, you made the guy miss, but you also landed nothing of consequence. Like, good job. You've lost the fight with your good defense.
1: But I mean, Yeah, you got <laughs> the guy. The only thing he did, I guess I was like noteworthy, was like the, the few punches he was landing on boots sporadically which is like i guess it's like something to talk about but it didn't help him win rounds i mean
0: i i didn't even i didn't even like those punches didn't register to me as issues for boots like he was throwing i also think boots understood that this guy had nothing he wasn't going to be able to like even if he landed it nothing was really going to come back at him cuz if that was the case boots would have stopped walking him down and he would have tried um you know to really just catch him at, as like to counter him that's not what happened. He was forcing it. And um, the guy was throwing from really weird angles at weird times. Like as he he was like circling away after Boots had missed a jab or something, he would just kind of wing a shot. Those were not shots coming from traditional angles that anybody expects. So I I wasn't shocked that those punches were landing. I also think Boots is a guy that is trying to make something happen and is going to create the openings and it's just really a matter of, can you take the punches when they start to land? And uh, Karen was just like, well, they just won't land. I won't let you, I, I will not be in range for you. Yeah, I mean, I don't
1: I don't disagree. Um, I'm just thinking, like, I, I think I saw Ron Katz, right? That's he's, He works at PVC, right?
0: Yeah. He's, 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 I think he's their matchmaker.
1: Yeah, he, someone, oh, man, I think it may have been Jake donovan who was like if you said that you had boots going to the distance you're a liar show me the receipts and ron katz put like the hand up emoji and like <laughs> i i'm you know i don't know much about ron katz i like how he tweets but i i sense they like he knew the deal like him and boxer gray were like the only two people in on this secret that uh karen was just gonna like I mean, like would you say shithouse the whole fight yeah I think they know.
0: Um yeah. It's uh yeah, it, it I, I just feel like it was gonna be really hard for um for Boots to really do anything um in this fight. Especially
1: because like, my bad you got it.
0: I was gonna say I don't I don't know if Boots has ever had to face anybody that was able to get away from him. And so I think that this was definitely a big learning experience for him.
1: Yeah, I think it like yo, how old is Bruce? Like 24 still? He's like 23 or 24, yeah. He's 23 or 24, in a tough fight, like whatever. Like like he's he's due to like not look good. Like he like no No fighter looks good in every single fight unless you're, like, a beneficiary of, like, top-ranked matchmaking where they just give you guys that are, like, gonna lay down, essentially. Um, You know, Boots had, like, he just didn't look as magical as he normally does. Does this mean that, like, he does what, like, just all of a sudden, like, Errol Spence stops him in three or something like that and Crawford stops him in three? Nah. Like, whatever you thought before should be the case now. It's just he had a he had an off night most great fighters have had them, i think
0: it's it's funny because you've been more critical of um of boots than just about anyone i know
1: yeah i mean like to be honest like i haven't had a whole bunch to say about him recently i think i was more critical of him earlier on um the one thing that bothered me though about last night is like, yo, the same issues that we have seen of Boots in the past, we're still seeing now. And that, that makes me worried. Like, I don't like how his he like tries to roll with the punches instead of like just being defensively responsible. He gets hit in weird places. Like it makes me wonder, like, is is he just gonna be like another Philly, like like Meldrick Taylor, basically? Like, this, like, this super OP offensive guy, but on defense is, like, is just there to be taken if you have enough ability and power. I'm kind of curious.
0: Yeah, I mean, he does have some vulnerabilities, but, like, how I think a lot of it is because he is trying to make something happen offensively. I I wonder what's going to happen... And this, you know, this is probably the ultimate test for boots where we can really see what he's like is what happens. What does he look like when he fights somebody who can offensively defend themselves and put boots on the defensive end? Cause we had, even in this fight, Karen landed some shots, but like boots was never had to go on defense. What happens then? That will tell us a lot about, um, whether or not those issues that he's having with his defense are like legitimate issues or that's just a guy who's like doesn't care um he's just trying to knock a dude out and he's taking those risks in order to make something happen
1: yeah i, I had to retweet one of my own tweets where i asked boots or Fandora, and everyone initially was like what a stupid question boots will kill Fandora, he's a bum da, 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 da. and like i don't know if everyone feel that way right now
0: i mean i, I take boots and the reason why is because Fundora is a little vulnerable to the big shot. And the one thing that um, Boots is
1: going to do is land the big shot. Yeah, like, sure. But, like, initially the take was, like, it was an uncompetitive fight. I don't think you could say that now.
0: Um, Maybe. I mean, the, the, the one thing about that that's, like, hard is, like, how does Boots look at 154? That's, like, the wild card here. Um, For sure. And, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean,
1: my opinion of boots hasn't really changed. I, I I agree. I mean, like I would say that for all of these fights on the whole card, I think boxing has been so deprived of action that to your point, everybody wants to have like the hottest hot take. You want to be scorching hot. You want to get your retweets on or be in the podcast, not the podcast, Twitter spaces with like some wild shit to say, but yo, ultimately like everybody except one guy did what we expected and for real the one guy who lost who was favored had the best chance of losing i thought so it's like i don't know i think it was just that why can't it just be it was a good night (laughs) why we gotta have these crazy hot takes
0: well i mean if we didn't have them we probably shouldn't be doing the podcast but i guess maybe we
1: don't have them though because like i agree like I don't I, know. You, know you, you can't say that. The listeners has got to say that. Well, Okay, between me and you, I agree. My opinion of Boots today is what it was on Friday. I I did have Boots stopping Karen, but I never even, I didn't watch any YouTube footage. I didn't know what the dude fought like. If I had watched and talked to my dog, okay. Bob Gray, shout out to Gray, I might have seen like, all right, this dude's going to be like, going to fight kind <clears> of <throat> negative. Might not be the most fun fight.
0: But you didn't watch any tape?
1: I didn't because I was just so, like
0: because
1: I just listen. I just wanted to cruise into Saturday, watch the YouTube undercard, watch the pay per view, have a fun night.
0: But that's kind of the issue because people come out here without the proper tape study and think that they they're Stephen A. Smith.
1: I think they're Angelo Dundee. Yo, what's my man's name that used to wear the uh, the, the the leather cowboy hat or whatever and and what, smoke the cigar? What was that dude's name? What? The boxing crit, like the boxing, like oh, bird sugar, like, bird, yeah, I think they burst sugar. Hi, yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah,
0: <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Rashidi Ellis. I, I think everyone saw this was probably gonna be the most competitive fight. Man, in the first round, and, and I and I had to call someone who was in the arena and ask, like, hey, man were you close enough to hear the sound of those shots? Because I'm sitting there on the TV. I got the, you know, the sound system so I could hear a little more bass than if I was like watching on my phone or something. And uh, I was like, did you hear those shots? Cause I've sat close enough to the ring before to just kind of recognize like when somebody's got real power, there's a little, there's a different type of thud that the punches make. And I heard it with Via in like the first round. I was like, hey man, this dude hits hard. Rashidi was carving him up early, but like something didn't feel right about that fight. And I feel like it might have been that Rashidi, despite all the success he had early on, just never looked like he was remotely bothering Via, let alone slowing him down. And... As Rashidi's hand speed stopped to be stopped becoming that much of an advantage, and as his um, activity slowed down, that was just a death sentence for him. Uh, Via stops or drops him a couple of times in the final round, and ultimately gets the decision. Um, what did you think of Rashidi overall in this fight?
1: He made some like I don't want to say amateurish, but like. Because I, I saw people saying that his the reason why he fatigued was due to inactivity, and I don't agree with that. My take is that Rashidi's lack of experience against different types of fighters showed up in this fight. What do I mean by that? I think he fights way too fast. Like, this dude is moving all around, throwing a bunch of jabs as fast as hell, He's not changing the tempo. He's not clinching when it's like, when you can clinch. I mean, like it's maybe sound cliche, but like, there's always something to learn from Floyd inside or outside of the ring. You, you could fight like the Terminator guy via in this case. And you don't have to just like be all speed. Like control, control the fight a bit more. That way you have more energy in the back half. And it just seemed like, I think I, I, I have a boxing chat like amongst some of my friends who don't watch boxing as much. I think I text them in like the seventh or eighth. I was, Yo, Speedy needs to like get it together. Cause dude is coming on. And, um, I, he just didn't have enough energy in the back half.
0: Not that I disagree with anything, but I actually think that the inactivity did play a role, but I think it's in everything together because I, I, I agree with what you said too. Rashidi fights, in kind of like an amateur style. Like he fights like. Like he's fighting somebody. Who's going to fight the same way he does. And so he's got to just. Make sure I land just a couple more punches. And like he winds up. You know. First half of that fight. Whitewashing this dude on the stats. And. um, But second half of the fight. That you know. he He starts to pay the price for that. When he starts to slow down and that dude was measured via didn't you know go over beyond himself and he winds up you know being able to slow the fight down to the pace that he wanted and then it was all over for Rashidi at that point um but i think all of that has plays a role like i think the inactivity certainly played a role um i think the fact that he had not fought somebody as and by the way i don't know that there are many guys in the welterweight division that are as physically imposing that he could have fought at some point along the line. I think that that is probably true. And, and I just think most of all, like he's not a big puncher and like a lot of guys who are not big punchers. They think the answer is speed. And so they fight really fast. Like Rashidi did. Uh, Gary Russell did it to an extent, um, but Gary Russell, even though he fought fast, when he slowed it down, he he's still really, really talented. And his defense was a lot more well-rounded, I guess I'd say, because Rashidi's defense looked like his defense was to just land more jabs. And it made for a really dramatic final few rounds in that fight where Rashidi is trying to fight this dude off of him. But like you said, you got to learn from Floyd. There are times when you don't need to fight off of him. There are times when maybe it's just better to clinch. Maybe it's better to uh, start to use move your head and stuff like that. But Rashidi just decided, I'll just fight back. And that was to his detriment. Um, But I think overall, like I walk away thinking like, okay, Rashidi was like a B prospect. That's what I thought coming in. But also like the fact that he's a 30-year-old prospect is kind of uh, a bit of an indictment. Actually, I don't know if he's 30, but he's up there in age, a little older than what we would typically classify as a prospect. And, but this all makes sense. Like, you know, when you're over the age of 27 or so and still haven't had a major fight, and I understand that Rashidi's had some promotional issues that kind of exacerbated this problem. But when you're a guy who's approaching 30 or at 30 and you still have not landed the big fight, a lot of times it says something about you and where your skill and talent is at more so than anything else and i i feel like that's what we saw here is that rashidi checked a lot of boxes but didn't have them all checked and he just wasn't that total package prospect that was going to you know parlay of win over via into a fight with boots where you know we're having the conversation of this is likely to be the next king of the welterweight division that's just
1: not how this played out whatsoever well i mean this happens a lot in boxing right like the idea of someone versus the reality of someone and the idea of rashidi was like this like explosive punching young hungry dynamic fighter uh you? can you hear me yeah you got me that was so weird. I could hear you the whole time, but um, I was saying matchmaking is so important. You could have a guy that looks so good, but they have all these these flaws that you don't see. I mean, it's not like the, the NBA is not three games a week for one team. one or two fights a year, and like it's unfortunate because like I wanted to I wanted to see Rashidi progress to like Ugas or or Boots or whoever, but. He just he has stuff he has to learn, honestly. Like he, like he has enough talent that he should have beat uh via without the knockdowns, 10 to 2. But because you know, he's a little inexperienced, maybe needs some more uh f- frequency with his fights, he had to learn the hard way. And I and truth be told, I hope they get the rematching. I know is in position right now to fight Boots, but if I was Samson who I think is managing VIA or promoting him, I would run it back. I, like I mentioned this like earlier today, and people were clowning me. Like, why would you run it back? You could fight Boots. That's his big chance. I'm like, big chance for what? Like, to get bodied? Like, that's not a big chance. That's stupid. Boots is not going anywhere. Beating Rashidi again is a nice check. It's a more winnable fight, and it keeps you in the same place that you're at. Why would you not just get that money instead of just getting a check to get bodied versus Boots, like, I don't... That doesn't really make sense to me.
0: So, I think that you're not going to get the chance with Boots because Boots' people are going to push him to wait for the IBF shot, which would mean Errol Spence. If you're... Because you got to think about it, like,
1: V Wait, wait, the, wait, wait, wait. Wasn't this a... Was it, weren't both fights like IBF eliminators or something?
0: No. Uh, Errol's was an interim fight. You mean Boots was the interim fight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Boots is the interim champion now. But here's the thing. And th- this is like, you gotta start this from the A-side level. Okay? In that potential matchup, Boots is the A-side. From Boots' perspective, what does he gain by fighting via? Boots does not take that fight. That is a step back for him. The only way he takes that fight is if Errol, like, they cannot force the IBF uh, title fight. That's the only way. And even then, if you're Boots, wouldn't it make more sense to try to get somebody with a name as a headliner than than Via? Does Via versus Boots headline a card? I don't know. Probably. But I think Boots is more likely going to look at this and say, we want Errol. And so for Via, the most logical thing that he's probably going to do is rematch Rashidi.
1: You know, I I agree, obviously. I mean, that that's, I think it makes the most sense. I mean, I don't know where Boots goes really next because like people probably want to see him against like, actually, no, 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 no. Cody Crowley or Mean Machine would be good next fights for Boots. Um,
0: That's another fight where why would Boots take it? He can fight Errol, unless the IBF says. But Errol's
1: not like it, it, Errol is not fighting Boots. It's not even worth like any conversation. Like I don't even like seeing people de- debate it for real. I don't know, like, wait. but
0: it's it, at this point for for Boots, I think it's he's gonna have to fight whoever the IBF tells him to fight. And so if they tell him he has to fight Cody Crowley, then he'll fight Cody Crowley or or Monvia. Via. But I don't think. I think it's more likely that he's going to wait a while and see how Errol's situation plays out. And, and, and in the meantime, I think Via just winds up fighting Rashidi again. I mean, you could run that fight back, you know, five months from now.
1: I agree. Um, Boots won't gonna, know what he's doing
0: five months from now,
1: probably. I'm going to pull up the boxing scene rankings because I want to see who's ranked in IBF and Uh, Uh We have... 2 not rated 3 Virgil 4 Karen 5 Keith 6 Ivan Golub 7 Shakram Giyasov 8 Rashidi 9 Roman Via 10 Ekal Esuman, 11 Cody Crowley so I mean you know there's a couple guys in there that you could pull up um but yeah whatever run that back do, 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 do part 2 Throw it on a decent little card. Throw it on Charlo versus uh uh Zoo. Let it open up. Let it open up that card.
0: What? Uh, all right. So Demetrius Andrade opens the card up against Damon Nickel Nicholson. Um, scored a knockdown. Actually, there were a couple of knockdowns that weren't scored in the fight. One for each guy, I think it was. But um, Andre did score a legit knockdown as well. What did you make of the return? And uh, reintroduction
1: on Showtime for Demetrius Andrade. It's another one. Everyone had these scorching hot takes. Boots. I mean, I'm sorry. Boo Boo didn't look good. Boo Boo this. Boo Boo that. I'm like, yo, listen. The guy's really awkward. He fights in a very weird style. He's just a very weird person in general. Everything he does is unorthodox in and outside of the ring. I mean, I thought he looked how he normally looked. He looked all right. Um, first fight is 6.8, right? i think so yeah i think it is so i mean you know you gotta let this guy get his feet wet in the division um fought a pretty durable guy who said he came into the fight fully healthy for the first time in a while so again he did what he needed to do he got the w i mean stoppage would have been nice he didn't get it that's fine he's not really like a big power puncher and now like he's probably in the conversation of like okay, maybe he could get Benavidez or Plant or David Moreau or Charlo, which is like what he wants and all his fans want or whatever. Any boxing fan would want that. So, um, I mean, I, I guess his PBC debut was a success, I'd say.
0: I think, so one, you're absolutely right on like the crazy takes afterwards. That looked like Demetrius Andrade, okay? That was exactly what we've seen from him. And... Nicholson is pretty much on par with like the guys that Andre's fought over the past, like four or five years. And so he performed exactly the same way that he usually does. I don't think Andre is a huge puncher, but he does, he is awkward and catches guys from, from time to time and does hurt them. And he was able to do that with Nicholson to an extent, but, I don't know. The dude looks exactly the same way as he always does, which is that, which is to say like, it's still really hard to tell where he is at because like he's not fought anybody and like fighting this level of opponent doesn't, I don't think this says anything about how he would look against David Benavidez or Jamal Charlo. And so in terms of like, you know, was the, was his PBC debut a success? I mean, if we're saying that he he won without embarrassing himself, I think, yes, he did do that, sure. But I I don't think that you can... Like, this was a building where, like, they they've now going to throw him as a main eventer. I don't think that they... He didn't entertain um, mm-hmm. unless he's matched against somebody, you know, one of their names. I, I feel like he's basically just is treading water right now and this was not what the goal was. This was a platform where whether he fought David Morrell next or not, he was going to headline a card and we were going to start to see like an actual build out of this guy and see if he can um, you know, really carry cards on his own. And I don't think we saw that. And I, I don't know. I'm a little higher on Andre than a lot of people. I think he's really talented. Uh, I know that a lot of people don't like to watch him fight, but I also think that, like, what he does works. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it ain't fun to watch, but he still wins fights. And he does it in a way where he doesn't really take a ton of punishment either. And so, yeah, I'm just hoping that, like, he's on that Gamboa plan where they gave him, they gave Gamboa one easy fight. To win, and then they threw him to the dogs after that. And it'd be nice if his next fight was against a David Morrell or Jamal if Jamal is back. But I, I think Jamal's gonna get a tune up before he does anything big.
1: Yeah, Jamal is not. Like, I don't That's another thing I I'm not feeling. Jamal is not coming back to a real fight, okay? Like, this guy hurt his back, supposedly. I'm almost positive there's a lot more going on than that. I don't need to speculate on that, but ultimately, Whenever he does get back, if he gets back, it's not going to be versus someone who could beat him. It's going to be something soft and light just to get his feet back wet. And then once we see how he looks, whether it's at 60 or 68, both are possible. We'll go from there. Um, As far as boots, I'm sorry, boo-boo goes. Yo, he's like 34. Like, I didn't even have the expectation that you did that, like, this would be some, like, step-up moment for him to headline. Nah, man. The the whole point of the Andrade partnership was to deepen PBC's 68 division. Now you got another player, which is great because Benavides are planned. Whoever wins that's one guy off the table. So then it becomes the winner of that fight, Morel and who? Boo Boo. Which is great because, you know, I like Andrade versus Benavidez or Plant would be fire. Morel versus Boo Boo would be fire also. I don't think they're gonna make that. Um I man, it would be wild if they made that, to be honest, but I just I don't see it. I feel like I feel like the ideal scenario is for for PBC or whatever is Benavidez beats plant, either gets Canelo, and if not Canelo, you have an Andrade pay-per-view for Benavidez.
0: I just wanna say I disagree with one thing you said there. Plant versus Andre would probably, probably be the worst fight we've
1: ever seen. Of course, no, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. That fight would be trash. But I'm just saying, like before, Booboo coming over, PBC has a talented but shallow 68 division. It's not deep yet, but you know, it's, it's like it's it's ways deep. You can stand up in there, but it ain't, you know, it's not to the ankles or it's not over your head. It's just a cool little division now. I
0: I want to say that, like, I think a build for Plant Andrade, like everything would be good until the, fi- the bell ring. And like, it might even get hype. But when that bell rings and they're both like just jabbing each other, that probably won't be great. If any of if either of them got hurt at any point in that fight, it would be amazing. But um, yeah, that's the one fight where I hope we don't get that matchup. But I'm cool with any other one. Morel versus Andrade, I think, is the fight to make because Morel doesn't play that. I think he's the one guy that <sighs> I can see Benavidez having a boots moment with with Andrade. I can see him having trouble because Andre is moving all over the place, and he's got to track this dude down. I think morell is the guy that would be really tricky for Andre, but no, no point getting our hopes up with that because Andre has continuously made really weird decisions with his career, and so I'm just gonna hope, but not expect anything here that we get one of these cool matchups that we discussed. Um <clears throat> yeah, that was a car. Do you want to do, the off TV under well, the prelim undercar was not very good. Just wanna say.
1: I was not very enthused. Who was it? That. Like I've already forgotten who like who even fought on that joint.
0: Vito, Brandon Lee, and Trayvon Marshall. Trayvon Marshall obviously came out and smoked the guy that he was fighting, but like you know, he's still early enough as a prospect that doesn't really matter. But Vito and Brandon Lee are both kind of like mid to You know, Vito's a mid stage prospect where, you know, he's still got about five to seven, maybe even like five to 10 fights before he's not a prospect. And Brandon Lee is like knocking on the door of like, all right, we're about to take your prospect tag away from you. Neither guy looked very, very, very impressive, though.
1: I guess if I wanted to say anything, it's just that (laughs) let's get out of overreaction zone another fight where people were like why is brandon lee fighting this this guy he sucks and it's like yo brandon lee is like 24 years old and he's on fighting on the youtube undercard like why are we complaining about his opponent he's on the youtube undercard for a reason like maybe like who do you want to fight like Supero matias like come on man
0: i feel like brandon lee maybe's got um Maybe it's. I think it's okay to demand a higher level of opponent for Brandon Lee. This was a pretty big step back from the last couple of guys that he's fought. Uh, the last
1: time he fought, he almost got decapitated. That is true, but he also came back
0: was, and won.
1: His his he could see his back. That's what happened in his last fight.
0: He he went back to the corner and asked his dad, "Did I get knocked out?"
1: Literally, like that was
0: <laughs> crazy. Uh. So yeah. Um. All right, that's that. And then uh, just thinking about news articles or news pieces from this week, the only real significant one that I can recall that we're actually going to talk about is um, Virgil Ortiz. (laughs) Oh, my God. Virgil Ortiz and Imanza Stanionis. It was announced that sources said that the fight was going to take place. And then, like, literally two days later, sources said the fight was not taking place. Because uh, Imantus Antonis has revealed that he had a ruptured appendix and had to have surgery, so that puts him out of the ring for a month or two. And the crazy thing is that Virgil's team has come out and said this is bullshit, and we're not going
1: to wait. Yeah, so I saw Rich Meridian or whatever talking crazy as usual. What? What? Uh, what? Like, what's his deal? What's his angle? <sighs>
0: I, I don't know. That's the thing. I usually have a good read. I, I wouldn't say a good read. I have a read on everything. Now, whether it's good or not, you know, that, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But um, I usually have a read, at least a theory on everything. But I really can't come up with anything that really makes a lot of sense for why they're not happy with Stanionis having a... F- also, dude, he had an actual ruptured appendix. He posts on, on his social media a picture of him in the hospital. Like, what, he has no reason to... Like, he's not trying to not do this fight. And so, the only theory that I could come up with that makes any sense... And, like, listeners, if you have something, I would like to know what you got in, in terms of a theory for this. But the only theory I have for why Virgil Ortiz's team would not be happy with this is if they want to press the WBA to remove Stan Yonis from the equation, which would mean that Stan Yonis either gets stripped or they just designate that Virgil's next fight is going to be for that title against the next guy in line who would be, I don't know. I haven't looked at the rankings. But, I, look um, I
1: think I still have the, the window. <laughs> well, it's
0: the WBA, so you don't have it open because you looked at the W... Uh,
1: no, if you idea. if you type up boxing scene rankings on Google or whatever, they have like each each sanctioning body like a, categorized by weight. So are you sure
0: that that's not like old? I, I don't know
1: how up to date it is. I mean, that's I'll be honest about that. <clears throat> so, Stan so, so uh, real quick though, real quick, you said WBA right? <sighs> so it's Virgil one, Boots two, Keith three, Connor right, Ben old. four. Huh? That's
0: old, um, because Conor Ben is ranked. That's how you know. Um, so the rankings as of December on their website: Virgil's one, Keith Thurman is two, but I believe Keith is gonna fight Errol. Three is Radza Butayev, who just fought Stanionis for the title. Four is your Dennis Ugas. Five is Chakram Giyasov. So that's the top five. Um, removing Stanionis would strip him. And then they could try to make a fight with somebody in the top five, probably. I think Gyasov is the most likely guy who would actually show up to the fight. Um, Ugas, I don't think, is cleared yet. Thurman's going to fight Errol. And Butaev, I don't see them making that fight. Um, so that leaves Gyasov, Which would be a pretty interesting fight for Virgil. I wouldn't be mad at the fight. But like you know, if Stan Jonas gets screwed over here that would be really weird. And I don't think either way that the WBA would give in. Um, it would have like, he's got a legitimate medical reason for that fight. And I do think that they could have a fight signed with a date by the one year mark that he won the title. So like, I don't know. They, they couldn't even try to hit him with the time thing unless they themselves made it difficult. So like, I don't know. I don't get why they'd be so mad about a delay. Unless, uh, here's another theory that's more kind of like in the conspiracy realm. Maybe they owe Virgil fights and they know that any delay is going to really make it difficult for them to get him the necessary amount of fights that he is required to have in his contract and therefore opens them up to legal trouble. Maybe. I don't know. I, I can't really... I don't have any other good ideas for why they're so unhappy with this.
1: I have no idea either.
0: So yeah, that, that's just a, a situation to watch there. Um, coming up this week, we have your boy, who all of a sudden was not your boy, F.A. ajagba, returning <laughs> to the ring to face Stephen Shaw. A little heavyweight uh, battle. Stephen Shaw is coming off of a unanimous decision victory over Rydell Booker last November. And F.A. Ajagba has only had one fight since he lost to Frank Sanchez, and it was a TKO over Joseph Darmos. I think it was pretty brutal, too.
1: Yeah, um, F.A., uh, I don't know. It would be interesting to see like what that'll happen in this fight. I don't know like what to make of F.A.'s like progress. Has he gotten better? I don't know what's going on with this guy. You know who's on the undercard?
0: Who? Johnny Rice. Yeah, isn't
1: he? He's fighting uh Guido Vianello, is it? Yeah. yeah I, just feel like to, Gu- just, uh... I feel like I don't know. This it, is an interesting matchup without even seeing Guido Vianello. I just know he's like a younger, like Olympian type of guy. And Johnny Rice looked good his last fight against uh Michael Coffey.
0: All I'm gonna say is. I mean, it depends on how much Johnny comes in at weight-wise, but this is a bet the over fight. Think so? Yeah, Johnny, I think is gonna. Johnny's a dude that's very, really durable. FA
1: didn't take him out.
0: Yeah, like that dude. He 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 can. He knows his way around the ring. So I'm gonna throw that out there. Um. So yeah that that is the card. Um. Well, I guess that's that's all that's worth talking about from the fight this this weekend not a lot happening we're in january there's still a lot of stuff that's shaking out with inboxing fights are being finalized schedules are going to get released soon so keep it locked here on the pod um we definitely want to hear your feedback hit us on twitter all right um i think one of the things i want to do this year even though we do have a like you know patreon community very interactive but the greater listener community that we have would definitely like to engage more in 2023. So definitely hit us up if you're listening. Um, We will be, well, so we'll be back on the Patreon feed. Um, We did a really interesting podcast in our last one. It was all over the place. Um, But, you know, we got a lot of good feedback. Definitely get yourself on the Patreon feed if you're somebody who likes our podcast and you like, you know, you like the things that we talk about uh the subs start as low as one dollar all right that gets you the access to a podcast it gets you access to our chat um you can pay more go check it out though because I don't remember um patreon.com sundaypuncher get yourself over there um Lex any final things you want to say
1: nope just glad that we are finally getting back into the swing of things january was supposed to be super lit it wasn't super lit but it's a good start
0: yeah we're we're one week into it no nah, the year has been crazy already
1: no nah, but i mean we're supposed to get charlo versus zoo that would have been crazy i think arrow probably would have been in january right if the accident didn't happen maybe february so i mean nah, we missed a couple it's all good like the, the year is gonna, this is gonna be a good year of boxing i think
0: all right so thank you guys for listening I appreciate it and we'll be back next week.